From old school to new, from analytics to your gut feeling, and from nuance to a blistering hot take, Cleve, Dave, and Matias present to you Political Football. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Political Football, Week 13 edition. Uh, this is Matty Ice, and this is, of course, a Matty Ice Media Network podcast, as always. Uh, before we get started, a little bit of business. On Instagram, the handle is Political Football Podcast. On Twitter, it is at Matty Ice Media. And, of course, MattyIceMedia.com for the podcast that we support. And we're hoping to add more in 2022. So, gentlemen, uh, Cleve, Dave, uh, welcome to the show. And uh, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing uh, I'm doing all right. Cliff, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm uh, hopefully the Jets will get the four games that I got. I uh, I'm admitting now that I'm going to concede to our bet, and uh, we just got to schedule when um, you know holidays die down to get you in. Because I, I don't. I don't are you conceding to the Lions seven game wins, the Clemson less than the Lions wins, or the two or more yards the Mac Jones? Let's save the two. The Mac Jones thing to the end of the season. <laughs> See how that shakes out. Um, because there's still time. Uh the Clemson, obviously that that season, you know, that's over. And the Lions is they're not gonna get seven wins. So Cleve, here's the thing. Clemson is going to the Cheez It Bowl, and you still had no hope of winning this bet. <laughs> is that actually a real thing? A cheese it bowl? It is. They're playing Iowa State in the Cheez It Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask a quick question, and this is a stupid question. How so how do they get to name these bowls? Like I know that there's like the Chick Fil A bowl and all that stuff. How how is this done? Who does? Is it like a committee that well, says they, this stuff? They used to be named for geographical features of what the area was known for: the Rose Bowl for the Rose Parade, the Peach Bowl in Georgia, the Orange Bowl okay. in Miami. Now they're named for corporate sponsors, and that's how you end up with the Cheese It Bowl. That's correct. I think the Cheese It Bowl might have been the Copper Bowl originally, but at this point, they've gone through so many iterations. I really can't remember um, a lot of their a lot of their older original names, but if you go and look them up, they're they're fantastic. It's like the Tangerine Bowl and mm-hmm. all sorts <laughs> all sorts of good stuff. The only uh, good one now is the Pinstripe Bowl that's played at Yankee Stadium. It's like is, the only new one that's come up recently, which is okay. Virginia Tech in Maryland, by the way. There you go. It's almost like I set you up for that. It is almost like you set me up for it. Uh, I still don't give a shit. But so, uh, hey, ba- you're, you're going up against Baby Tua. Yeah, we are going up against Baby Tua. I think it, Maryland had another typical Maryland season. They started four and zero and then ended six and six. So uh, great, great, it, t- prototypical, quintessential Maryland Terrapins. However, gentlemen, uh, Cleve made an ask of me last week. He asked me to go back in the archives to find a sound clip, and I have done this. And I think that Cleve is going to be slightly disappointed by it. So I'm going to play it for you. And here it is. This is from our draft recap show back in May. This was Dave talking about Zach Wilson. I I don't think Zach Wilson's (laughs) going to have a problem. And the reason we didn't talk about Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence is that we've known for a long time where they would be going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's how I figured. Yeah. Um. And, but but just to be just to get out on the record, I think that both of them are fine picks. I would have taken Lance or Fields ahead of Wilson, but all three of them are the same low floor, high ceiling options. So it's about preference for the organization at that point. So gotcha. so I don't think the Jets made a bad pick. They picked a quarter. I would have taken Fields there, but mm-hmm. it's the same. It's the same thing. And then they're making the decision based on who they think is best. So good for them. And then Lawrence, of course. So they're both good picks. If it doesn't work out, it's not because they had a bad strategy. 
So I've got to I got to give the W to Dave on that twice because he said twice in that clip I would take Fields. Yeah, that wasn't. But he said that they were great picks, and he's not a fucking great pick. No, no, the great a great pick is not a pick based on the result on the field because you can only make the pick with the information you have at the time and the strategy at the time the pick is made. So, for example, let's say Eric Ebron worked out for the Lions and he was a six-time Pro Bowl tight end. He was basically the second coming of Kellen Winslow. They still passed on Aaron Donald when they needed a defensive lineman to take a tight end. There is no universe in which Eric Ebron is a good pick, even if he turned out to be a much better player than he was, right? Because it didn't fit. It didn't work with what with what they wanted. So when judging draft picks, it's not so much about the results later, when you're making the, the decision at the time, sure, like five years from now, we'll be able to look back and be like, well, of course, it should have taken like Lamar Jackson should and Josh Allen should have gone one and two in 2018. But if somebody took Lamar Jackson first overall, if the Browns had taken him instead of Baker, we, we would have killed them at the time. Correctly. So where would the Browns be if they had Lamar right now? Well, we'd be rich because we'd be winning all our bets. That is correct. So anyway, Cleve, you asked that of me, and I went back in the archives and found it. I thought I was going to find something a little bit different. However, I'm going to have to give the W to Dave a little bit on that because he did double down on fields before Wilson. However, gentlemen, we had a lot of football to play this weekend. Uh, The Thursday night game, every time we do this, it feels like it's a billion years ago. And so let's get rolling with what we got to, to break down this week. Okay, so before we get to the Thursday night game, I do want to get to teams that should have taken Justin Fields instead. The Carolina Panthers, who did not play this week, but they fired the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, who I'm pretty sure graduated high school in 2009. <laughs> so, like, wow. wow. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Cleve. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so he's the pass game coordinator at LSU for the Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. And then he gets this great job with the Panthers and they fire him when I don't think he's the one that brought in Sam Darnold. He's the one that brought back uh, Cam Newton. They didn't have uh, CMC for most most of this time. It just It's an obvious like scape, scapegoat move. And then Matt Rule says that he wants to run the ball between 30 and 33 times per game. And it's like way to just out yourself as an idiot who doesn't know the basic mechanics of the sport you're coaching. Like, if you run the if you run the ball thirty three times per game in the NFL, you better be the Ravens or the Titans, or you're going like four and thirteen <laughs> every single game. Like, if you're trying to do that every single game, I can right. certainly understand that. There was a game this week in which that that did happen, but it was a singular game instance that will not happen again. You I, think he survives this? Um, is, is he one of the one of the heads that's going to roll? No, Matt, Matt, Matt Rule's going to be fine because he fired the offensive coordinator. So now he gets to be like, well, that was the issue. I'll bring in a new guy and that'll get me another year. Hopefully McCaffrey comes back and we get another high draft pick and he can try to make it work, make it work next year. Because we thought they were going to make the playoffs this year when the season started and Darnold was looking good. So uh, I, I just, it's just ridiculous to like blame Joe Brady for that. And then, like, they, he fired Joe Brady because Joe Brady wants to pass the ball more. And it's like, well, yeah, that's why that's why he's the one who should, should be the head coach, if we're being honest. And not but, but doesn't the head coach get the final say in, in, in what the what the plays are? Not if he's not the one calling the plays. You know, the play caller gets the final say. So we know for sure that, that, that Brady was the play caller? I would I would think that's pretty that's pretty likely. Okay. Isn't he one of the kind of young and up and coming guys? Like he went from LSU and took this job, right? So that was a 
pretty significant yeah, I, step up. I wasn't kidding about when he graduated high school. I'm pretty sure he's 30. Oh, I, when I saw I him, he was born in 1991. When I saw him, <laughs> I actually thought he was slightly older. Like for some reason, I thought he was in like the Brent Venables age group. And it turns <laughs> out he's actually like uh, the, the kid who was, uh, you know, getting my leaves, who was like 14 in high school, who's, who was doing this for like 10 bucks a bag. I was very surprised by it. But I, I as soon as I saw it, I thought, number one, this is a sign of a badly run organization because you're firing the guy whose fault it's not. And we've seen instances in the last two seasons in which they've generated offense even without Christian McCaffrey. And why is that happening? Because you have a good offensive coordinator. So when you have a season that doesn't go your way, and there's many factors that have gone into it. Darnold obviously hasn't been very good, but we've also found out he's been playing hurt. CMC hasn't been on the field. Cleve's favorite saying, your best ability is availability. CMC hasn't been out there. And they've just had a lot of things not go their way. So you fire the guy? Like, it just seems like a really weird move at this point in the season. I think he gets gets fired because today's point, um, we're going to see now if that was really the case. Now, if he comes in and they rattle off some wins with what they got, let's call it three games, then, you know, you, you... you make the argument that he, you know, okay, well, give him another shot at getting getting this guy in. But what is it going to matter? Well, the the coach now wants to give 33 carries a game to Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah. So yeah. I don't think their odds of winning are going to be that Are those that real high. people, by the those way? Those are real people. Yeah, those are real people. That's right. <laughs> Chuba Hubbard was a great – well, he was running Chuba back at Oklahoma Hubbard. State? Right? Yes, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah, good. Canadian kid. See, really I, good. See, I can pull some of these college players out every now and again. I don't have the same knowledge base as Dave, who knows what high hospital they, they were born in and has, you know, watched their life in the Matrix throughout the entire thing. But uh, I can remember who plays where because didn't he have like a, a huge season? Yeah, uh, two years ago, the year before COVID, he had a big year. And then uh, the COVID year didn't do very much. Yeah. Uh, and so he felt like the fourth round, fourth round of the draft instead. But it turns out that was a good place to draft him. He's not very good. And apparently he's going to get 33 carries now from Matt Rule <laughs> because that's the solution. Not throwing the ball to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Yeah, DJ Moore is actually real good. Like they should be throwing in the ball yes. a lot more. But either way, they're not going to make the playoffs to Dave's point. Uh, the, here's, the, here's the other question. Are they going to win the seven games that we thought the Lions or we quote-unquote cleave thought oh. that the lions were going to win <laughs> well they play atlanta this week so they have a chance there assuming they have more divisional games later that makes it the saints or the bucks saints they're going to have a chance against bucks they won't you know i don't know their schedule offhand yeah. coming up but I, uh, maybe but the point is they're irrelevant now they are and so firing joe brady makes no sense like why don't you just like work together to come i don't know i just found this one really offensive especially when the coach was like we were on a run at 33 times like don't just out yourself as joe judge <laughs> yeah and dave and i will talk in the uh, pf post game about where we think joe brady's gonna end up that is correct we are absolutely gonna do that now we are going to move on to the games that were played last week starting with last thursday night's game which was the cowboys 27 at the saints 17 um this was not a great win for the cowboys they did not look particularly good, but in a playoff race this close, and a division race that's now this close, every single win counts. And uh, I have to say, Taysom Hill is bad at playing quarterback. Yeah. You called him a fullback, didn't you? Yes, he is. He's, if, like, I don't understand how anybody can be critical or, like, question whether or not Jalen Hurts can play quarterback, but then turn around and be like, yeah, Taysom Hill, that's our guy. I mean, I know what's at play there. You see this on Twitter all the time. But Taysom Hill and Jalen Hurts are the same player, except Jalen Hurts is fast and can throw the ball. And Cleve's been on the Taysom Hill is not a true quarterback for a long time. So we got to give uh, Cleveland his, his credit here on that yes. one. Yes. Didn't he get money? Yes. Yes. 
Okay, so the next time I the next time a talking head tells me like today's point that a guy can't get money, they're, they're handing out checks in the NFL. The market <laughs> is what the market is. <laughs> what, yeah, what, is uh, what is the market for a fullback, quarterback, tight end, uh, whatever the hell else he does? It's ninety million over five years. Apparently, apparently, or forty million over five years. Maybe, but it can go up to ninety if he plays more quarterback than than whatever. But still, he paid eight million dollars a year for a fullback. He's not Cordell Stewart, right? <laughs> He's not even Keith Byers. Slash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't get it. I feel like if you have to structure your your contract in a way in which you caveat it by, well, if you play this position more or less or whatever, like turning your faders up and down, then you don't have the right player for your organization. It's just not like I, I don't. I, I feel like that's a terrible way to spend your money. Yeah, another note on this game is that Amari Cooper only played like thirty two percent of the snaps because he was still recovering was from COVID. Say. He was testing negative, but he was obviously still kind of symptomatic or had lost energy or lost weight or something so it's really three games in a row that he missed because he chose not to get vaccinated i mean this is so stupid this is going to come up again later because we have another star receiver who's unvaccinated who's going to miss at least one game now so that's really annoying last note i have in this game is that the cowboys have pretty much nothing but divisional games left yes which means they do control their own destiny in the division but they are no longer the only team for which that is true. That is correct. Also, the third game in a row that Tony Pollard should be stealing Zeke's job. Just want to put that out there. Because I believe you also <laughs> called Zeke a fullback in the same uh, text string as well. Yes. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott really is just fancy Taysom Hill at this point. Nice. Uh, although I'd, I'd rather give the ball to Taysom Hill around the goal line. But yeah, it. I actually think to be, to be fair to Zeke, he obviously is not 100% healthy. No. His his acceleration just is not is not there at all. But Tony Pollard is by far the best running back on that team. And he's actually like exciting to watch. I like when he gets the ball. Yeah, I just have to keep it keep it fair here. Keep us on point because we've made a lot of points and said a lot of things and need to hold, hold ourselves accountable. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, your your best ability is accountability, Cleve, not Ooh, availability. I like that. That's Whoa. good. That's good. New slogan for uh, the show. <laughs> hey, with the big brain. <laughs> well, I'm certainly not here for my looks. All right. The uh, the next game here, we have the Colts 31, the Texans 0. So talking about what running backs we like to watch when they get the ball. Jonathan Taylor, 32 carries, 143 yards, two touchdowns in five minutes on hard knocks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The Texans have given up. They have. Whew. Just, oh, man. I feel like in fantasy, if your players are playing the Texans, just throw them out there. Tyrod in this game, five of 13 for 45 yards, no touchdowns and two picks. Totally doesn't care. He's thinking he got pulled. He got pulled for Davis Mills and Tyrod was better. Oh, wow. He's thinking about that Virginia Tech job. Yeah, he is. He's uh, he's he's ready to he's ready to move in, maybe take over his OC or something. He's getting his check this week, though, right? (laughs) Yes. Now, here's the thing, though, is that I need the Texans to pick off at least one more game to make sure that the Lions keep the number one overall pick because it's starting to get out there that Aiden Hutchinson might be the number one overall pick. I used to think, oh, if the Lions pick third, Hutchinson will just drop to them and they can get him then. If he's going to go first, though, I need the Lions to absolutely be picking first, which means I need the Texans, probably the Jags, to each win one more to keep pace ahead of the Lions here so. There was this drama last year. Jets thought they had Trevor Lawrence in the bag, and then they went and started beating some teams. Cover fucking zero. It's too soon. It's too soon. If the Jets hadn't blown the first overall pick, if they would have Lawrence, the Jags probably take Fields, right? And so they're so the Jags probably still okay with Fields, but now the Jets are way better off with Lawrence 
And where does Zach Wilson end up? The Bears. <laughs> and Dave's walking around with no pants on because at the time you would have thought that Zach Wilson would have been there and that uh, Aaron Rodgers would have not been there. Your life would have been made. This means that next year, the quarterbacks in the NFC North would have been Zach Wilson, Jared Goff, Jordan Love, and whoever takes over for Cousins in Minnesota. Good oh. Lord. That's oh. bad. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually kind of glad we got Justin Fields around just to keep a little flavor in the division. Any jersey sales for that? New a- the new AFC South, folks. <laughs> um, I have really nothing else to add about this game. The Colts yeah. are 7-6 and six in their in it with the shot to make the playoffs and the Texans are terrible. Yeah, that's basically it. And the Colts are not interesting on hard knocks. I, I I watched for five minutes and was like, I'm good. It's probably not the same crew of guys. It's probably like the, the leftover second stringers like, hey, you guys run a hard knocks during the middle of the season because they've made a situation where it could have been good for us to do this, you know, for us to watch that twice in a season, but it ain't working out because like you guys, I haven't watched any of it, but you, like, like you guys said, they're focusing on stuff that is not even interesting, remotely interesting. Like, I'm pretty sure I could give a full play-by-play of Mrs. Wentz's entire pregnancy from the first episode, and then I can tell you exactly how Bruce Smith likes his steak cooked and, like, what toppings he likes on it based on the second episode, but I cannot tell you (laughs) what Jonathan Taylor thinks about game film at all because for some reason like they decided the show should not be about football even though it's supposed to be about football so yeah i'm i'm gonna keep watching it mostly so i can keep dogging it but you know i i don't understand why it can't be better i think the nfl played a clip from it on instagram and it was i think darius leonard talking about like we need to shut out against the teams like this the texans and i'm like that's not news like every team wants to shut out a team like the texans like you should be doing that moving right along just not interesting whatsoever yeah um next game was pretty interesting though we had the vikings 27 the lions 29 forward down the field let's go let's go lions have something for you guys first victory of the year on the line golf's got it back looks throws and yes touchdown detroit lions they did it i'm in ross a brown in the receiving end oh they're rushing the field they've done it three zeros on the clock this game is over. It's over. I listened to that so many times, putting that together, and nearly shit my pants when they said uh, they're rushing the field. <laughs> I, I love, I love Dan for Dan shouting, uh, Dan Miller <laughs> shouting. They've done it. Like yes. they just won the Super Bowl and the Stanley Cup at the same time. It really just won a game against the Vikings. Something dark here. Imagine how many people had passed away in the last two years that didn't didn't live to see that and they they died knowing the lions were just that bad wow that uh that that, that took things brutal. down here i mean <laughs> i'm gonna go slip my wrists or something like jesus cleave yeah i mean we've probably lost like four hundred thousand americans to covid since since the last time the lions won a game so uh wow yeah that's uh thanks cleave way to way to bring me down for my celebration oh, man I mean, it's not, it's not going to work. I'm still over the moon. I mean, you know. And the fact oh, that it happened against... Winnie ain't going to bring him back, so... The fact that it happened against Mike Zimmer, too, has to be even more vindicating. <laughs> Next note I have here, Mike Zimmer should be fired immediately. Yeah, we all, I think we all... The, the, the room agrees with that. I mean, first of all, <laughs> here's the thing, though. I said, as long as they throw it to Jefferson, they're going to win. In this game, Justin Jefferson, 11 for 182 and a touchdown, and they still lost because when you play a team, a skill 
skilled and talented as the Detroit Lions, it doesn't matter how well you use Justin Jefferson. You're not coming out of Ford Field with a win. That's our house. Man. <laughs> Here we go. I don't have anything else for that. Got a boy. No, but seriously, uh, the Lions should have like four wins already. So this actually is not like the most shocking result in the world. Very the true. Vikings we've seen play down their competition to play close games that shouldn't have been plenty of times. And they finally got bit by one against a team that is not decidedly better than them. And this game might actually keep the Vikings out of the playoffs. And I think if they miss the playoffs this year, Mike Zimmer actually is getting fired. Yes. I want to also point out that even though I just made fun of the, the reaction on the radio there, I felt like the interaction between Jared Goff and Dan Campbell was so genuine at the end of the game. Like, I don't get the sense that, th- like, they've been trying so hard to get this, and they've come so close so many times, and Cleve has had rants about these things. But the hug that they had, it was like, we finally did it, and it seems like they're trying to do it together. And I have to say that the organic nature of it, I, I was like, you know what, good for them. Because Jared Goff is trying. It's not like he's out there just, like, you know, Dwayne Haskins did it up. Like, they're trying. They're trying to put a game plan together. They're trying to do everything that they can to win. And Dan Campbell finally got his first win. And I just thought it was a, a, a good moment I think so often we don't see that from players and we've made a lot of fun of the Lions on here, but I think it was a great win for them and just a great moment for, for coach and quarterback who, you know, quarterback's been left for nothing off a team that is now, you know, playoff bound. And uh, I, th- I just thought it was cool. My big takeaway, sorry, Dave, my biggest takeaway was that they um, dedicated the game to the victims of the uh, horrendous shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was very classy. I thought that was, you know, a, a good look. Um, and by the points that they won, it was something connected to the one of the kids that was an athlete on the team, like the 42 or whatever. It was like some kind of connection. Yeah, that, that was athlete. Michigan. Michigan scored 42 in the uh, yeah the so, Big Ten, the Big Ten title game. So, so for for the, for the area of sports, I'm glad that that was something that um, you know sports and 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 real life doesn't always cross each other. But um, that was great that those two teams won and those two teams were able to dedicate uh, the games to those victims. Speaking of the shooting at Oxford, there's, I don't know, I mean, I don't know if I just see this a lot because I'm, of course, friends with so many people from Michigan on Facebook, but I've seen a lot of people donating to like the general help the victims families Kickstarter or whatever, GoFundMe, which of course I have no issue with at all. But I've noticed a lot of people making donations to that, that like definitely hold political beliefs and state them publicly about like not wanting to do any sort of gun reform or anything. And so my question is, is it uncouth of me to call them out on these donations for this? Like, thank you for your donation. But maybe if we weren't such a shithead and actually work to try to get some gun reform, we can actually do something to try to stop prevent these things in the first place. Or is it just like the donation is nice. I should just let it alone. Mm. I, I think, I think the, I think they can be called out because just because you gave a little bit of something, um, it doesn't, it doesn't relieve you of your hypocrisy in that regard. So yeah, I'm all for calling someone out. Okay. For doing that part. Excellent. Next question. Should I include a link to the podcast when I call them out or no? Man, you can. <laughs> yeah. I the do. Media, media Network. No, we're, because we're I football. We don't give a shit. First of all, if you obviously neither one of you have listened to the end, when I have the disclaimer, the opinions and viewpoints are exclusively those of Cleve, David, Maddie Ice, and not those of the Maddie Ice Media Network. It's there for a reason, folks. <laughs> but you know, so I just, I just that was that's been on my mind as I've been seeing these donations because I'm like, well, on the one hand, it's nice that they're making these donations. On the other hand, like save your twenty five dollars and vote better. You know <laughs> and what? actually make a difference. 
you know what? The, not to be a dead horse on this, and, and we can move on. I would be very uncomfortable getting a Christmas card, Christmas card from any one of you with your entire family holding guns. That would be <laughs> that would be very disturbing. Shit! I'm now, like, man, now I've got to take those out of production. <laughs> Well, there goes our idea for the thumbnails for YouTube, Matt. We got to come up with something else now. Yeah, I guess our uh, new album cover with us all holding AKs and uh, AR-15s is out the window. And, and matching Christmas pajamas. It's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. That's actually not bad. Uh, that actually would be a very, very good uh, uh, show cover. Although we would get the absolute wrong kind of listener if uh, oh yeah we were on, on the cover holding AK-47s. <laughs> But you know how you know you've made it successfully is you get the trolls coming. So yeah. if we get all those trolls telling us we're full of crap, they're still listening to every episode and paying the bills, baby. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. No, I'd be, I'd be perfectly uh, perfectly fine with that. So that's the only last note I had on this game. I don't want the Lions to win any more games or I want them to make sure they get the number one pick. So if they win more games, as long as they keep the number one pick locked up, other than that, hold the number one pick. Do you guys have anything else on this particular game? Nope. No. All right, Cleve, i got a question for you. Yes. Which AFC team has now won five games in a row? In a row. It's definitely not the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> in a row? Five? They ripped someone? Someone ripped off five games in a row. In this crazy season when everybody's up and down and nothing's consistent besides the Patriots. Uh, this Who has also won like seven in a row now, but I'm not talking yeah. about that. This is another team in the AFC East. In the AFC East. Wow. It's well, eight, it the ain't Jets. the Jets, so by, by process of elimination, <laughs> he just made that decision for you. Yeah. <laughs> Your boys? They'd be the, the Miami Tours? Dolphins. The Miami Tours? Okay. The Miami Tours. Wow. Dolphins 20, Giants 9. Tua, 30 of 41, 244 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Cleve, explain yourself. It's the Giants. <laughs> there we go. That's, 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 that's fucking Giants. Me? Yeah, but the Giants got the punter involved early. Joe Judge very happy about this. I mean, it's the Giants. I mean, yes, it, it is It is the Giants, but it was the Ravens as well. All I'm saying is that two has now ripped off five in a row. The Dolphins are obviously much better than they were with Jacoby Brissett. And I think our preseason read on the Dolphins is – is correct. My question uh, for you, we'll start with Matt here. Are the Dolphins the best team in the AFC South? Um, could they beat the Colts on a neutral field? Yes. Right. Cleve, are the Dolphins the best team in the AFC North? Now that one I like better. Mm. They've already beat the Ravens. That's true. And yeah, that's true. Cleve heard my hot take about the Ravens earlier. Yeah, yeah. So I... I mean, really, I think the Dolphins, even with all this stuff, are hard done by by how strong their division is in Buffalo and New England. Yeah. If they were if they were in the south or in the north, they'd be in contention for racking up some easy wins mm -hmm. and getting a playoff position. Instead, they only get the Jets. Yeah, that's true. And and I don't think that they thought the Patriots were going to be what they are this year. So I think that looking at that, that we we, we were I don't know. Cleve actually thought the Patriots are going to be better, but I don't, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I did. I did, and and, and that is on tape. That so is on tape. What does that say? What What does that say about the about the Bills? Because that's my fraudulent team of the year. We'll because they just lost. Yeah, they just lost. As much as the, the as much as the Dolphins have been winning, the Bills have been losing. And I'm not a, I'm not I'm not big on stats and a loss. I need. I need Matt make a note of like what episode this is and what time because when the Bills go to the Super Bowl, I definitely need to pull Cleve saying that the Bills are his fraudulent team of the year. 
See, I'm wow. I'm I'm producing the show in my head as we're going along. <laughs> and the PF post game is great, but Cleves Cover Zero has got to be a spinoff here where he talks about <laughs> all of his fraudulent players, fraudulent teams. And what we've come to find out is the entire NFL is fraudulent. <laughs> if you add up all of Cleves fraudulent players and busts and their Pro Bowl appearances, the answer is actually infinite. Well, yeah. well, the Pro Bowl doesn't count because it's, it's it, you know, Cleve to call it something else. Cleve is inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so also after this game uh, where the Giants scored nine points and Freddie Kitchens was calling plays, Joe Judge said that he was encouraged by some of the things that he saw from his team on offense. And when asked (laughs) why he punted from the Dolphins' 46-yard line on a fourth and two down by two scores, he said, oh, Riley, the punter, who I don't know if that's a first or last name, Riley was having a good week in practice and they wanted to, quote, get him involved. (laughs) (laughs) That's Lucille sending the drug kit right to Joe Judge's house to get him tested. I cannot believe that someone. I I don't want to be ableist in how I say this. I cannot believe a person who struggles so hard to think critically is head coach of an NFL football team. One of thirty-two jobs. Think about yeah, that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. In the would, world, at that, at that, in that league, in the I, world, I would rather have one of Matt Patricia's liquid shits coaching the Lions again than Joe Judge. <laughs> Damn, bro, it's pretty graphic. Wow. Spe- speaking of Matt Patricia, did I tell you guys what some what somebody said? I heard of this on like a, a a cast somewhere or whatever, and they're like, "I really think Matt Patricia is the reason why the patients are doing so well because he's making a lot of decisions behind the scenes." And I was like, "No, he's not. They're, Bill's not letting him touch a damn thing." Isn't Bill's kid in charge of that defense? We'll get there. Bill's kid and that <laughs> mullet are in charge of that defense. <laughs> what in the world? Never mind. That's, uh, the win, that's the win, man. That's not me. That's the win. You're good. I'm, I'm my bow. <laughs> Oh man, I thought you had too much chili at dinner. All right, uh, the next game here we've got the Bucks thirty at the Falcons seventeen. I said on post game last week that Mike Evans would go for a hundred and two. Once again, right take, wrong player. Chris Godwin had fifteen catches for hundred and forty three yards. Wow. Yeah, Mike I- Evans also had seven catches for ninety nine yards, and Gronk had two touchdowns. Yeah, the Bucks were never going to lose this game, even though the score was closer than than the, it, the the score did not indicate just how lopsided this game felt. Yeah, no, this game this game was an ass beating all the way all the way around, and so we know the Bucks are good and they're passing a lot, they're playing great or whatever. The question I have, uh, mostly for like fantasy and best ball purposes, is do we think Calvin Ridley is going to come back at all this year, or should he even bother? If he's smart, he won't. Yeah. If he's smart, he's going to request a trade when he's ready to come back. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, but what if I really, really, really could use him to come back for like my own finances? That's a different story. <laughs> but whether he should, I mean, we said we said that about remember Deshaun Watson last year. We said he should not come back. He's risking his life for this. If I'm Calvin Ridley, but in a serious note, if I'm Calvin Ridley. The season is really lost. I know that ESPN cutely said that Atlanta has like a three and a half percent chance to make the playoffs. It's a zero percent chance to make the playoffs, folks. Not uh, even a double digit. Nope. No. Ca- Calvin really shouldn't come back. He should take off the rest of the season. They're going to bring him back. He's obviously a great receiver. And I just think he needs to get himself correct and figure out whatever it is that's going on in his life. Because men, especially black men, don't get a lot of the attention about this stuff. And they don't get a lot of the resources. So he should take care of himself first and foremost. Absolutely. Well said. 
Yep, completely, completely agree. Uh, the next game here, Cleve, we got the Eagles 33 at the Jets 18. Gardner Minshew the third, 20 of 25, 242 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Yep, fire Max Salah. Oh, wow. So you didn't yeah. get the name right. <laughs> Max Salah. Did you call him Max Salah? Was that a Freudian slip? <laughs> yeah, I was a Freudian slip. I thought you called him Max Salah. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, that must be like a Jersey dish or something. I've never, I've never heard of a Mac salad, but apparently he sucks at coaching. Uh, Dave, yeah, it, a, apparently I should have uh, created a, a funeral piece for your cousin who is going to be the former kicker of the New York Jets after Jesus this game. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I mean, so the kid comes out, misses the first extra point, and I'm like, well, that's terrible. And then he comes out and misses the second extra point in a row, and I'm like, bro. Uh, at least the St. Louis Battlehawks need a kicker. Cause maybe, maybe he wants to go see Lucille because he wants to take it out. Well, the Jets didn't kick again the rest of the game. No, that's a, that's a, that's a bad that's a bad sign. So yeah, so uh, I do I do feel bad for Alex that uh, he oh my goodness uh, with on just two straight two straight extra points and yeah he's. If he hasn't been cut yet, I assume I assume that it's coming. If not, I hope he kicks like a sixty-eight yarder in the next game. Just uh, going to have to. Yeah, like the end of the first half, they can't throw a Hail Mary because Zach Wilson can't throw the ball that far, and you know he yeah. let Alice come out there and kick it. But yeah, what a it, it, it's 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 um I, you know I talked to my area guys um up, up back up north. It's it's brutal to watch these games, and some of the like the Jersey bars, they're not even getting people to come in now. You know, they thought it was COVID at first. Oh, you know, people got COVID. And it's it's that's how bad the team is that people don't even want to go in and watch that shit. It, it's it's actually um to me, and this is just me going off on a tangent here. The fact that people will pay hard earned money to go see a team at least put up a fight or put up some type of semblance that you are a professional organization that you're putting out. I don't think they could be the high school team. To be honest, with you. if if a high school team showed up like that fake high school, <laughs> Bishop Sycamore, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> if Bishop Sycamore showed up with all the ringers on it, I don't even think they could beat those guys. So it's just, I mean, man, it's just hard. Like, thank God we say this every week. At some at some point, thank God for Red Zone because I could not imagine watching a a a full game in New Jersey right now of that shit. But Cleve, like Zach Wilson did a football kind of. I mean, 23 of 38, 226 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, and he added a touchdown to quarterback sneak. He looked halfway functional. Yeah, but the team, I mean, the defense, like Gardner Minshew. The third. The third, (laughs) third, by the way. Which is not even a real third. It just gave him the third from what I found out from Matt. Uh, And his his first name, his father's name is Fred Minshew. Gardner and the third are just there. (laughs) Man, this this guy's legendary. But yeah, this guy walks in, looks like a, you know, stud. You know, but I actually like Gardner. You know, I, I I like him a lot. But um, yeah, this is I don't know, man. I, I don't know what we got to do to win a game. And you know, I guess they said it best. We look good on Wednesday in practice, but come Sunday, <laughs> well, it's because you're practicing against the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's true. By the way, Gardner Mincher also came in looking like Tom Cruise in Top Gun, which was hysterical. And by the way, zero percent chance Gardner Minshew was vaccinated, right? Like zero <laughs> percent. It's either zero or he was the first person to get vaccinated. It's a good point. He like it camped out. He camped out family. on Dr. Fauci's front porch for three months. <laughs> 
waiting to be first in line for the vaccine, or he just like rubs orange peels all over himself every day when he wakes up to be to be inoculated. One or the other. He's like, I wear I wear jorts. I'm fine. Oh, I'm man. fine. It's immunized, by the way. <laughs> take a take a take a book out of Aaron Rodgers there. Man. Yeah, exactly. So. uh Last note I have in this game, Elijah Moore, once again, stud, six catches, 77 yards and a touchdown. Should have had a second touchdown, but Zach Wilson missed them in the uh, missed them in the end zone. So at the very least, Cleve, you have a young, exciting wide receiver yeah. who will sign with the Cowboys in three years. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good take. Good take. That oh, might man. just happen, bro. Yeah, you, you might be right. The, uh, the next game here, we got the Cardinals 33 at the Bears 22. And before the Monday night game, I thought this was going to be the most ridiculous quarterback stat line I had seen all week. Kyler came back in this game 11 of 15 for 123 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 10 carries, 59 yards, two touchdowns. Yep. <laughs> you didn't have to do much more than that. Bears weren't going to put up a real fight. Man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Lucille, she's kind of sniffing around Andy Dalton's locker right now. Oh, man. 26 to 41, 229 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions. He was horrible. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. <laughs> he was he was dog shit in this game. By the wow. way, Dave, this game proves your point from last week. Lamar looked awful with four you know, four picks and they won the game. And this is what the Bears look like. This is what teams normally look like when your quarterback looks that shitty. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they looked bad. And somehow this game was an 11 point game, but it felt like the entire day the Cardinals were winning by 30. I was actually surprised to see that Kyler's stat line was so low because I honestly thought that the game was like 56 to 10. And I, when I saw the, the score, I was like, oh, that's way closer than I thought because it never felt like it was in right. jeopardy. Never. I mean, he had 15 passes and 10 carries. So that's 25 plays. Did James Conner get 40 carries or did they only run like 50 plays? Here, here's a question. How the hell is James Conner leading the league in fucking touchdowns? I, Variance. Like, what? Like, it's it's Double nuts. Luck. Right? Like, does, I, he have, does he have 500 yards on the season? I don't know. I don't oh, think so. I think he does. Maybe. I mean, maybe like, <laughs> 18 touchdowns, like 500 yards. I don't know. He, he's, he, he's, he's Tommy Verdell again. Like, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors. He's not. You know, he's not Marcus Allen. He doesn't have like a nose for the goal line or something. <laughs> you know, he's just uh it's just it's just been sort of dumb luck. And then Chase Edmonds has been out for a few weeks, so Connor's been the man there. And then Edmonds will be out one more week, I think, before he comes back from his high ankle sprain. James um, Connor has six hundred and thirty yards rushing this season with twelve touchdowns. <laughs> Sounds about right. So he has a touchdown every 50 yards. By the way, his yeah. best season in touchdowns was 2018 where he had 12, but he also had not, almost 1,000 yards. So this is yeah. way ridiculous. Dang. Yeah. Nice non-wear and tear on the body. So he's like running for touchdowns at a yard in a yardage clip that like Aaron Rodgers throws touchdowns yeah. at. <laughs> I don't think it's sustainable. No, it's not. Doesn't he have like six or seven uh, receiving touchdowns as well? So he's got almost... He's coming close to 20 total on the season, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's absurd. And, man, I'd sure hate to be somebody who took 0% James Conner of best ball all offseason because you thought Chase Evans was better and James Conner was dust. It would sure suck to be somebody who made that sort of mistake. Yeah. Moving on, we have uh, the Chargers 41 and the Bengals 22 in a super weird game. So I'm actually not convinced the Chargers were the best team in this game and they yeah. won by 19 so first jamar chase dropped a 70 yard touchdown that was just clean in his hands he had beat the defender by two yards just pops it back up in the air and gets intercepted instead 
Then the Bengals are down 24 to 22. They're driving. Joe Mixon just fumbles for no reason. And the Chargers scoop and score. So go like I watched this game and I watched it back. I kind of felt like the Bengals were better and the Chargers got like all the bullshit. The Bengals also only showed up in the third quarter and they did all their damage in the third quarter, basically. Yeah. It's it, it's an angry football. It has teeth. It bit two of the guys. <laughs> I mean, the drop from Chase is truly astounding. I mean, he it's just an over-the-shoulder simple catch. He just like bobs it like a volleyball back up in the air. And the defender who was who was smoked like catches it because he's so far behind he's able to run under it now. And take it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just absolutely absurd. Also absurd, Justin Herbert still 26 of 35, 317 yards. Three touchdowns, one interception. Jeez. Joe Burrow didn't have, like, a bad game either. Like, it wasn't a horrific game from Joe Burrow. He actually looked fine. Got hurt, though. He did. Yeah, he did get. Oh, the the pinky thing? Yeah. Yeah. But he still came back and played. But I just thought it was a weird result. And one of the things I took away from this was everybody is overreacting. See, this is why Herbert's better than Burrow and the Chargers are better than the Bengals. And it's like, this doesn't really tell you that right now. Because next week, the Chargers could look like absolute ass. And the Bengals could be eight and five. They, those, those two quarterbacks look like two child stars that grew up and had it rough. Um, Burrow looks like McCarty Coughlin <laughs> after a heater. <laughs> and Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow looks like the kid, one of the kids from Stand By Me. <laughs> Have you guys seen the meme where they put Joe? Um, they put uh, Justin Herbert next to all the different Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen uh, characters from the from the prequel trilogy, and he's basically every single movie's worth. It's ridiculous. Well, I wish Hayden Christensen could act as well as Justin Herbert could throw a football. Very true. Facts. Uh, the next game here, not a lot of time spent on this one. The Jags seven at the Rams thirty-seven by Urban Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> like what's what's the point of this? And then uh, the Rams showed up like they were supposed to in this game, but otherwise, like it's it, it's meaningless. Like this would mean something if the Rams won twenty one to ten and looked like shit, but they steamrolled them, which is what you would expect. And so that's that. Legitimate question: Are the Jaguars and Texans the worst teams in the league? Like I feel like they're actually both worse than the Lions. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like it's not even close, right? No. No. Because the Lions, you know, I know we make fun of them and always give Dave shit about it. The first part of the season, the first like four, they actually had some fight in that in in, the, in those games. They they came up short. But the Jags, no. Texans, no. We we all said in our in our pregame um show that we thought they were gonna like be nothing. And here they are, nothing. Yeah, the Jags are not only are they bad, but they're making Trevor Lawrence bad as well. Trevor Lawrence is a worse quarterback now than he was his freshman year at Clemson. Yes. I, for a guy who has never really lost a lot, this is probably killing him, dude. It's probably also killing him to have meetings one-on-one with Urban Meyer and being like, this guy's a fucking moron. <laughs> the Urban Cowboy. Yeah. I mean, I really think that Trevor Lawrence should probably just go to Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, and be like, here's the thing. I'm shutting it down until Urban's gone. Like, <laughs> you've been saying that for like six weeks now and yeah but like now he should Siri like more, again it was, like it was kind of like the Tony Pollard's better than Zeke thing starts as a joke then becomes intriguing <laughs> then becomes reality that's what's happening here it is not reality where Trevor Lawrence should be like listen I'm not playing again if this idiot is fired and I've got enough game checks I'm oh, good yeah. so <laughs> like fire this idiot or explain to the fans why he's on the sideline and I'm at home you know, helping Dabo recruit 
amazing. You think they fire him by making him take a lap in that pool? No. They're going to fire him by giving him, like, the Notre Dame job. <laughs> Which, by the Man. way, follow up to that, Dave did find out that uh, the, the president of Notre Dame was actually at the Vatican when we were recording he last was. week. So it was an amazing happenstance that that took place. But no, no news yet. The, the white smoke is not coming out of the Vatican for the next Notre Dame coach. So we don't know who that is just yet. That is incorrect. Oh, that's right. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, they, they hired, uh, what's it called? Uh, the, the defensive coordinator, was it? Uh, yes, his name That's is Max right. Salad. That's right. Yeah, Max Salad. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, no, Marcus Freeman. They did hire him. They kept him away from going to, LS, uh, to LSU. So Notre Dame does have does have their coach. But Urban Meyer can always go. I mean, Liberty will probably take him. Yeah. So, oh, man. They took um, Hugh Freeze. Does Oral Roberts have a football team? <laughs> wow. <laughs> the next game here, we've got the Washington football team 17 at the Raiders 15. And just like we've been saying, the Raiders, total, total frauds. Oh, yeah. No offense at all the last five weeks, except on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. Other than that, absolutely nothing. This team sucks. I'm so glad they're losing because they deserve to be losing because they're bad. This game was horrible, by the way. Yeah. So boring. Good ending. Yeah, it was but, a good ending. But uh, to, to get there, not worth it. Yeah, no. Uh, now, Cleve, how many games in a row has the Washington football team won? Four. Yeah. In a row. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Riverboat Taylor Ron had him two Taylor and six. Taylor Heineke at the, at the helm. Yes. Ever since Chase Young went down, they have not lost. That's correct. <laughs> and by the way, Whoa. Fitzy's having season-ending surgery like it matters. We said he was on the golf course already. Wait, so they, they just said that? Yeah, <laughs> they did. Does anyone give a shit? Or? Uh, and all their breaking news, water's wet, Urban Meyer's a scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um. But so with those four wins in a row now, the football team does control their own destiny in the division, just like the Cowboys. So the NFC East is actually going to be somewhat entertaining coming down to the wire between those two. Also, because each of those two teams are capable of losing to the Eagles and the Giants. Yep. So this could just be a whole a whole thing. And I can't wait until the Packers like have to go. Uh, what it'd be who's going to be the best wild card team? The Rams like the Rams have to go to the football team the first round of the playoffs hey the last team that had to do that won the super bowl that's true that is that is uh that is a very good point and they were frauds uh, too news. by the way yep uh injury news logan thomas is done for the year of the tight end for the football team and virginia tech hokey yeah tore his acl and his mcl cleave so that's fun yeah not good yeah that's a yeah that's a that's at least a year out yeah Obviously so you can rehab quickly but because you tore both major ligaments yeah that's you're out so does stacking the ligaments like can they both heal together at the same time or do you have to like rehab your MCL and then your ACL? So, so here's the thing, I'm not a doctor, but here's the thing about, about how, how ligaments um, kind of don't heal quickly because there's no blood supply to it. So they, they, they have to kind of like take their time. Your body has to take time to get that to heal. We've, we've already seen one genetic mutant freak, which was Adrian Peterson come back in less than a year from I think he, he tore the ACL and he, he partially tore the MCL and he was able to recover. But he's the only one that I can think of that did that. But there's also, uh, it, there was a guy on the Panthers, I think a linebacker back in the day, had three ACLs in his career. And he, he played, he played like, I think nine or 10 years or something like that. It's some, something weird like that. Hmm. I, I'm drawing a blank as to who, as to who that was. So that's why this is such a long injury. It's because the body just can't get blood to the ligaments and therefore it takes a lot longer yeah. for it to. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, yeah. They, uh, ligaments don't have a blood supply, if I, if I remember that correctly, from probably uh, personal training 
school. <laughs> okay, so here's so here's a follow up question that might be unfair uh, because as you notice, you are not a doctor. Um, yeah. But we have like synthetic hips and fake knees. Why can't we just get like fake ACLs? When somebody tears theirs, we just put in the synthetic one and completely replace it. it is there like no synthetic material strong enough to like do that? Or because it seems like that'd be something relatively easy and then a big, big money. Again, um, you're talking about something that, that doesn't get a blood supply. So putting in a fake one, um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, if it hasn't been done by now, it's probably something that that is not that easy to do. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I assume that there's some sort of obstacle in the way or else somebody would have developed this already. Some Stephen Strange type with knees would have come along and done this. But I just said, I, I can't think of what it is, but I am probably further from being a doctor than I am to be in any other major profession. So mm-hmm. I have no idea. I actually do have a follow-up for you, Cleve, on that one. So um, for athletes, I think they respond and recover a lot faster than us regular people out here. Um, and what is the recovery time for like a regular person who would do something like this as opposed to an athlete? Because obviously they have the best doctors, they've got the best personal trainers, right? All that good stuff, rehab specialists. And I know I, I've known a couple of people who have had this injury and it's taken them almost two years to come back full. Yeah, it, it's a long, it's a long haul for an injury, but you guys would be surprised at this, what I'm about to say next. ACLs, I mean, other than being in, in the NFL or like or the NBA, more people get them in non-contact situations than anything in yeah. in yeah. the world. Like, I mean, literally walking down a flight of stairs and you miss a step and you land wrong and you just twist it and you, that's it. It's done. You know, you don't have to be someone running down a field and a, a 280-pound missile is coming right at you. Um, but it, it, for, for a regular lay person, normal person, um, it's gonna take it's it, it could take more than a more than a year um and you gotta re- remember these guys are that's their jobs so like they're gonna get fast tracked gonna surgery like right away they're gonna get to rehab they're gonna get the best um uh, uh kinesiology people on them all that kind of stuff so yeah it does it takes a long time for, for ligaments to heal because again they don't they don't get blood supply well, there I learned something. I learned something new hosting the uh, mm-hmm. hosting the podcast. I love it. Um, something else is going to take a long time to heal are the egos of the Baltimore Ravens. They lost to the Steelers twenty to nineteen, and uh, game came down to a two point conversion at the end. Cleve the Steelers up twenty to thirteen. Ravens score a touchdown. Basically, no time left on the clock. The Ravens decided to go for two in the win rather than kick the extra point and go to overtime. What are your thoughts on that decision? I mean, I mean, as we always say. Uh, the percentage of, of of the right call, you know, we always wanted to make the right football call, mm-hmm. but but again, sometimes you're looking like we want to get the win and, and excuse me and get it and get it without you know doing something stupid. Because give me the scenario again at the end. You said it was yeah. So the Ravens scored a touchdown to bring it within one point with like no time left. So they could have kicked the extra point and gone to overtime or gone for two and, and tried to win it right there. And that's what they chose to do. They chose to go for two. Yeah, I mean, if you, um, it's 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 high risk. It's it's high risk. I'm sorry, high risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. And again, if they don't get the two point there, they lose, right? Yeah. So that's very interesting, Matt. What do you think? I liked it um, because I, I the flow of the game, they were not playing very well, and I think John Harbaugh was looking at that and saying, "All right, points have been at a premium. We can't seem to get that many points here." Let's go for the win. It's not a guarantee that even if we tie the game and go to overtime, that we're going to be able to get the ball 
and possibly score. So let's just go for the win here. I, I liked it. I also thought the play call was fine. The pass was just a little bit out of reach for Mark Andrews, and it, it was what it was. I, I actually liked it, though. So, uh, yes, you're both correct. Cleve, the best football move in this case was also going for two at the time. So it ended up being the same thing. And it was close. It's a very close decision mathematically, but I liked it from watching the game because Lamar got sacked seven times in this game. Yeah. That's why this game was close. It's because he kept getting sacked, so the offense would be behind the chains or whatever. So in overtime, that's terrible. Also, they couldn't guard Deontay Johnson at all. Deontay ended up with eight for 105 and two touchdowns. Also, towards the end of the game, Marlon Humphrey got hurt, which we now know he's actually out for the year. But now you're like, okay, now we don't have our best corner. We can't cover Deontay Johnson anyways. Lamar keeps getting sacked. And then in the post game, John Harbaugh said the team was gassed. They were out of energy anyways, which of course we don't know at the time, but he does. So going for two was 100% the right decision also on the road. So I just, I love it all the way around. It was absolutely right, the the right call to make. And I kind of wish it had worked to be a little more validating for like the, the Twitter eggs out there. But I'm very encouraged that both of you landed out the right answer. Well, I, I'm the one who had the rant about process over result. Remember this. And so yes. I, this was a great one. But also what I loved about it was this is a, a sign of a good coach knowing his team. And he's probably somewhat playing analytics. But in my mind, even though it was the right analytical thing to do, it was a gut call. And he put the ball in his best player's hands and said, go get me two yards. And you know what? It just didn't work out. It doesn't mean it's the wrong thing. It just didn't work out. But I liked it. It was ballsy and it showed confidence in his best player. Completely agree. Switching to the Steelers, who did actually win this game. Uh, Who cares? I hate the the Steelers this year because they're just going to be floating around to the end. They have to keep talking about them when really they're just (laughs) the fancy Jaguars. But they keep winning uh the reports that roethlisberger is telling like people around the team and former teammates that he's going to be done after this year now he said this a lot because the, the guy just is a drama king but i think it might actually be the case that he knows that he's can't can't do it anymore um i don't really have a follow-up question to that i just thought it was interesting that he's like finally admitting it himself to the people around him i think i think you know, I don't know if you guys ever ever heard NFL players ask each other in some kind of setting, like, when do you know you're done? Like, when do you, when is that moment realized to you, like, hey, I'm done, man? Some guys say training camp when I don't want to do these two a days, or some guy says I can't hit a guy on a post route that you know he's taking he's taking that fast to get on, and then like I'm done. I think Ben's realizing with the throws, with some of the. You know some of the things that are happening on the field. That you know what, man, I don't think I could do this anymore. You know, I think I think he's coming to that. His his body's finally telling him, like, listen, man, enough. We're good. You know, we're good here. Matt, I, I want to make a matter of semantics here. Technically, what was reported is he said he was. This was his last year with the Steelers, but that's a bunch of horseshit because no other team is going to sign him. So if yeah, that's I, if, I, yeah. I saw the semantics for him. No, I, I know. But I was like, here, here's I think when Ben probably is realizing it is when he's looking at this team. Now, there is some talent on this the Steelers team in terms of receivers. And obviously, Najee Harris has had a pretty good rookie campaign. And I think if they had a better quarterback, they'd actually be a legitimate team. And I wouldn't have said they weren't going to make the playoffs at the beginning of the season. And I said they didn't have a plan this year and they don't have a plan for next year so he's got to see the writing on the wall i mean i know that every athlete and every competitor doesn't want to admit when they're washed 
but he's got to be able to at least have some semblance of self-respect. And, it's been coming for you know? three years. Now, I know. Dude. That's the thing is it's like, dude, come on. Like, <laughs> this is not – this is this is as newsworthy as Fitzy being out for the rest of the year. You don't say. You're done. Wow. Congrats, congratulations to you. Go celebrate the fact that you're not in jail and just get away from me with your bloated face. <laughs> well said. Uh, the next game here we've got – the 49ers of West Coast, Ben Roethlisberger, 23 at the Seahawks, 30. Uh, you know, the 49ers played a team that could score more than 24 points, and so they lost. Yep. <laughs> so the 49ers cannot score more than 24 offensive points in a game with Jimmy G at quarterback. Uh, George Kittle, though, best tight end in football, incredible blocker, just great great in the run game. And in this game, nine catches for 181 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, it was, it was a wonderful performance. Yeah. By the way, PF post game last week, Dave called this the Undertaker game, I think, where he's going to like rise after we all thought he, uh, the Seattle Seahawks were going to rise after we all thought they were dead. And here they are. Yeah, I don't know that I quite refer to it in those terms. But yes, I did say that this was a case where the Seahawks about to bounce up and win. Russ is looking much healthier this week. I have no Geno Smith jokes to make. Nope. 30 of 37, <laughs> 291 yards two touchdowns one interception and the other thing from this game just like looking at the usage and stuff there's a dk metcalf explosion game coming soon like with russ getting healthier now like how they were using him like earlier this year it was t higgins you could see this coming jamar chase it's gonna happen here soon there is a metcalf just big time explosion game around the corner they better get it in quick well i think their season's done yeah anyways like this is all a little this is all a little too late you know if they had a decent backup quarterback like gardner Minshew the third and so <laughs> instead of geno smith the first they, uh, <laughs> they might have had a, they might have had a chance here but they wanted to ride with geno and so and so they're dead but uh they're gonna be they're still gonna be trouble for whoever they play because they're better than their four and eight record yeah, definitely, definitely hurts the 49ers chances too. Cause like this was a game that they, they had come in a little bit hot and Jimmy G game. He had a couple of just absolutely abysmal interceptions in this game, by the way, like yes. Eli Manning esque interceptions in this game. It was fucking horrible. <laughs> they are probably going to sneak into the playoffs because of their schedule and then get obliterated in the first round because they just literally cannot keep up with teams that can score a lot of points. Like, yeah, the Cowboys B minus effort beats the 49ers by 10 points right now. Yeah, it might, especially and, if they have their full complement of players. Right. So it's like, why are like, I don't understand. It's just, they're just wasting time with this and they're just going to muddle along and not accomplish a damn thing this season. And it's so frustrating uh, to watch. Uh, the Seahawks in this game, nothing for me that like indicated that Russ is going to be back next year, that Pete Carroll is going to be back next year. Nope. They're just kind of going through the motions and playing for pride at this point. Yeah, Pete Carroll back to chewing gum, by the way. <laughs> oh, that was the secret. Yeah, I think so. Cocaine <laughs> gum, it's back. <laughs> uh, uh, what what was the... Uh, allegedly. Oh, never mind. It doesn't matter. Allegedly. Point, yeah, the next game. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. The next game. We got the Broncos nine at the Chiefs twenty-two. The Teddy Broncos, yeah, Teddy two gloves. The Broncos are fraudulent, and my take from last week that the Lions would go into Denver and beat them doesn't seem so crazy now, does it, Cleve? No, it does not. But again, I said this. I said this. They their schedule was very favorable in the beginning, so they yeah. rattled off like four wins yeah. to get ahead of the curve. But now, you know, now we know who they are. Yeah, they were yeah. three and zero after the first three weeks, and it's like, get yeah. the fuck out of here. <laughs> 
with this bullshit. <laughs> oh, they looked like I, I think Dave called two gloves. a boiled ass. I believe is what he said about yes, one team one time. Ass they ass looked so <laughs> fucking bad. And you know the Chiefs again get another game where they can't put anything together explosively offensively, but doesn't matter because the Broncos are that friggin' bad. Uh, Cleve, how many catches did Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey combine for in this game? Twelve. Five. <laughs> I think Tyree Kill had like 2.2 fantasy points or some bullshit like that. <laughs> oh my god, you said oh. Yeah, and I still won, by the way. <laughs> oh man. They basically turned Tyree Kill into like Hunter Renfro <sighs> and then didn't throw him the ball. <laughs> Just man. absolutely terrible. And here's the thing Tyreek two for twenty, Kelsey three for twenty-seven. This effort from the Chiefs would lose to the Dolphins and the Browns, let alone the Patriots and the Chargers. You know what I mean? Like, this is, they have not figured out anything, anything yet. They've won, what now, four in a row, Matt? Something like that? Five. Five in a row. So they're going to get in the playoffs because they've done enough here in the middle of the season while everybody else is farting around. But, like, they haven't figured anything else out yet. They, they, they're they still awful on offense. Question. Of the three teams, I think, that have a five-plus game winning streak, are the Chiefs the third best of those three? It's the Chiefs, the Dolphins, and the Patriots. I think so, yeah. Looking at how they're all playing during these streaks right now, like I feel like the Chiefs are playing the worst out of those three. Yeah, they are. Because the Dolphins have actually looked really competent. By the way, Cleve just said Tua is better than Mahomes. That's right. Oh, I like that. Yep, Mahomes is done. He's a dust ball. Dust ball Mahomes. Don't do that. You get me killed on this. Don't do that. All right, Cleve, you you and Dave are going to have a bet here. Who's going to have more Super Bowls, Mahomes or Tua, right here? Well, 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 Mahomes is already in the running. He's got one. One, win two, then then we'll talk. Because remember, yeah. there's true currency. A lot of te- a lot of guys have won one, but when you've won two, you can actually start to dictate things. That's why Eli Manning gets a whites only show on ESPN during Monday Night Football. <laughs> He's got one ring. He's not on that show. Man. Oh man, the Jim Crow cast. Um, By the way, did you guys see the big shit that Joe Buck took on Peyton Manning during that? It was unbelievable because yeah. Peyton was asking him about like, hey, when there's a blowout, you know, and you you have to think about other things to talk about. You know, when, when's the last time that happened? He's like, oh, when you guys played the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, I was like, thank you, Mike Joe. Drop. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> drop. I mean, that's the first thing Savage. Joe Buck's ever done that I like. So <laughs> that's uh, no, that's 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 pretty clever. I got really nothing else to add now on this game or about the Chiefs. Like until they do it consistently, they're just they're just the good version of the Steelers. Can are we allowed to officially give the Broncos and Raiders their flowers yet? Can we do that? Or is it still too early? No, I want to save. Well, for the Raiders, yes. For the Broncos, I want to save it for next week. Okay. When Jared Goff puts Vic Fangio in the dirt himself. Throwing 58 times to TJ Hawkinson and possibly uh, Swift if he comes back. 34 to 13 Lions. Oh, I like it. Okay. Oh. We're, we're giving Cleve a little taste of what we talk about in the post game here. Yeah. See, see, Teddy Two Gloves, I don't know. Teddy Two Gloves is going to. You mean Teddy Four Picks? <laughs> Doesn't Teddy Two Gloves kind of sound like a hitman for a mob, right? Does that kind of yeah. sound like that, right? Well, is it, it good fellows? Isn't he like Tony two times? <laughs> Tony two times. Gets everything two times like, like this. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Ended up in a freezer in a meat locker or something. <laughs> uh, which is where Vic Pangio is going to end up metaphorically after the Lions get through with them. Yes, we are week. not. We are not advocating for him to actually end up there, folks. Metaphorically <laughs> only. 
Yes, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, allegedly. I mean, allegedly, probably. <laughs> um, the next game here, we have the Patriots 14 at the Bills 10. This was the Monday night game. This game was insane. Uh, Mac Jones threw three passes <laughs> in a game that they won. Damian Harris ran like crazy, pulled his hamstrings. So Ramondre Stevenson came in, ran better yes. than Damian Harris did anyways. Uh, but this game was not as much won by the Patriots as it was lost by the Bills. The, Josh Allen threw the ball 30 times in this game. Yeah. And he was able to throw it through this win. Yeah. There weren't many of his passes that were like floating away from him or whatever because of the elements. He was able to actually cut it through the win. The problem is that the Bills got in the red zone twice, came up with no points. And then their last trip in, they have it second and six inside the 15-yard line. They go to throw a pass. They have three downs to get six yards. They go to throw a pass, get a sack. So now it's third and 14. Then they throw a pass, like trying to get it all in one play in like the middle of a hurricane. So, of course, it doesn't work. So now it's fourth and 14. And you got to try it again. And, of course, it doesn't work. And I'm just watching this game like, how come only Bill Belichick realizes what they're playing in? Yep. You know, it's okay to have Josh Allen throw it when he can actually, like, get the velocity on it in this weather. But he still only has to throw it five yards. Like, what, what are we doing here? It was very frustrating to watch. The Bills, in my opinion, are the most complete team in the league and also deserve to miss the playoffs. Ooh, I like that. Cleve would agree with you there. I think Cleve, Cleve told me this morning that uh, the or yesterday that the Bills are frauds. So yeah, they are. Yeah. So so uh, I don't think they're going to make a Super Bowl. So yeah, let's, let's stop there right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 they are though. as capable of the Chiefs as just putting it together and winning five in a row and looking and looking fine. But they haven't won two games in a row all year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. The, the Bills are the NFL this season in one team. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. That's that's I, I would I would agree with that. The thing about the thing about the coaching, just talk about the coaching in, in this one, because I, I think uh, Matt told me offline today. We're, well, yes, they were talking about this. And then Dave just kind of alluded to something like if you if you realize by halftime that the wind gust is up in upwards of 50 miles an hour in some spots. We're not going to be slinging this ball downfield. Probably going to have to sh- short dump it, get the tight end flare out, get some get some of the fullback stuff in there. Like, Belichick has seen a lot and done a lot and came with a game plan that it was unconventional, but it, it worked. He's like, you know what? We're just going to run. We're not going to throw in this game. We're just going to run. And like you said, J- you know, Josh is throwing it and he's cutting through the wind on some of, on some of these plays, but in, at the end of it, it's like what like what's the point? Yeah, no and like points. the way they were throwing the ball too. Also, in the fantasy community, we were talking about how this game was gonna be a shit show for fantasy on Friday yeah. based on the the um the weather reports and what was yeah, expected and everything. So, so, yeah, so did they not watch the weather report? Right. And so Buffalo can't run the ball because the running backs are ass. Mm-hmm. That's because their best running back plays wide receiver. It's Stephon Diggs. But you know this is coming. Mm-hmm. Just work mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs at running back and like get him, you know, give him or short five running plays that you could call and you could have a run. You know, if Stephon Diggs, if Josh Allen threw the ball 18 times in this game, and Stephon Diggs got 12 carries like Debo Samuel, they probably win. True that. Facts. The the best part about this game was pregame, they they interviewed Bill Belichick and he had a mask on. And it was a Naval Academy mask. And then halfway through the first quarter, I looked at my wife and I said, this motherfucker is running the triple option out of the Navy <laughs> midshipman playbook. And guess what? He ran the ball 50 fucking times. 50 yeah. times. 
And what you said, Dave, was 100% correct, is that Bill Belichick looked at the circumstances of the game, especially the weather. He adapted. They, they very clearly had a game plan coming in specifically to do exactly what they did. And what this tells me is that the Patriots may be one of the more dangerous teams in the AFC, mainly because it may not matter if they get home field because Bill Belichick can coach under any circumstance. And the fact that Sean McDermott got outcoached in his own stadium, in his own fucking weather, in like the <laughs> biggest game of their season, tells me that there is a huge chasm still between Bill Belichick and guys like Sean McDermott. And it was a very satisfying win because two or three for Mac Jones, like he doesn't give a shit. They got the win and they're nine and four and they're the number one seed in the AFC. How about that? Bet money that that at on, on Thursdays at Thursday's practice, Bill had some turbines brought in and they had the wind blowing. Oh and yeah. He's like, let's let's play. Yeah, let's play. Bill does that situational football. He does that situational football like you wouldn't <laughs> believe. Like you take him to like, you know, anything he would simulate the whole thing to the point of ridiculousness but it didn't matter i mean they won the game and it didn't have to be sexy that's the thing and there's some another, yeah. another understated part to his coaching here too the first pass they threw was a play action rollout to janu smith where yes. the wind floated the ball way over janu's head but he's so athletic he like jumped up and tapped it to himself and caught it and you know belichick saw that it was like never nope. again yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That was it. That was the one pass. <laughs> We're just not doing it. The We're other thing, not, not do it at all. Dave, the other thing that I really liked was Damien Harris broke that run, and Bill knew we got to go for two here. And I yeah. thought that that was really good from an analytics perspective and also just from the game's perspective as well. And mm -hmm. the fact that they got it and it's 8 nothing, I felt like that put a lot of pressure on the Bills right away because this felt like one of those games first to 13, maybe, yeah. right? And so you're out eight nothing, and then the Bills scored on that stupid Nikhil Harry minutes after I said the old because he 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 had that great block that sealed the edge that allowed uh, Harris to break that run, and I said that's literally the only thing he's done since he's been on the Patriots. And then the ass hat has the ball hit him in the fucking helmet on a punt, and that's how the Bills get their lone touchdown. And she's like, my, Chrissy's like, is that why you don't like him? And I was like, there's many reasons that I don't like Nikhil Harry. <laughs> That's just one of them in this game. But uh, it was a brilliant, brilliant game. It very much reminded me of when they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl and he outcoached yeah. McVay. It doesn't have yeah. to be sexy. It just has to be a win. Hey, remember, Nikhil Harry could have been DK Metcalf. He could have been. He's not. <laughs> I'm out here saying that. Nikhil Harry's a bust, folks. I'm out here. I don't think that's hot news here. No, no, it's not. That's up there in the uh, um, Urban Myers scumbag. Yeah, breaking, so. Breaking this territory. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's that's it for the uh, um, for the games uh, this week. So Cleve took my positive story. I had the Lions queued up like three times in this episode. However, we're going to pivot to East Orange High School. And uh, right. the Popeyes meme kid is now a state champion football player. Um, yep. And that is fantastic. I love when we see what are the memes doing today or whatever he was. I think it was a Vine. And that's how old we are now that Vine's not even a thing anymore. But uh Good for him and good for the team. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a little bit of fun out there. And I like, too, how in his own post, he, like, made fun of it. He was, like, from Popeyes to state champs. That's right. That was him. That was that's cool. That's right. So that's all that I got for this week. Dave and I are, of course, going to stick around for the post game. Uh, Cleef has to get back to what he does in his free time, which is a lot of different things. Firing Mac Salad. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, Cleve, I feel like if you ever make a cookbook, it should be uh, the Mac salad should be one of your appetizers. <laughs> I'd like that a lot. Oh, that's and a Nikolai great Nikolai McClawkin can do the uh, forward for you. <laughs> oh, wow. Gardner Wilson third quarterbacking next year. So... <laughs> Anyway, uh, another fantastic week. I can't believe we have less than a quarter of the season to go, basically, fellas. It felt like we were anticipating the start of the season, and once again, we're almost there. So uh, we appreciate everybody listening, of course, and uh, you know, find us wherever you find your podcast. I really don't give a shit where you find it as long as you find it. And uh, gentlemen, talk to you next week. See you. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on political football are those of Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Political football is exclusively owned by Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.